welcome to 2020 everyone yeah i don't know how the fuck we got here but here we are i would i would like to yeah i would like to return this one please for for a refund yes, this 2020 is defective i'd like to refund you know, the last four years i'd like to have three 2015s and skip right on to 2022 please yeah no it was i was it was talking with a coworker the other day and she was like has anyone tried turning it off and back on again i was like no i'm pretty sure we need to get a replacement unit this one's this one's fucked but we have movies To another episode of the Daily Screening presents, and does it hold up? I mean, does America hold up right now? I don't think so. Uh, everything's terrible. The world is literally on fire. Um, we're we're kind of speechless here, to be honest with you. Um, but bodes well look, for a podcast. It, yeah, yeah. This, it's prime. This is a prime environment to bullshit about movies for an hour. Um, and I say that in jest, but like honestly, look, you gotta at some point everyone's gotta just unplug a little bit. Like you, you gotta give your brain a break. You gotta just yeah. look at something else for a while and let yourself drift, even if it's literally just white noise in the background. So we allow us to be your white noise. Uh, give your crushing anxiety you know, 45 minutes off, um, and, uh, listen to us talk about this dumb fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah. Why did you make us watch this? Why, why, why did you choose this? Bart, Bart, I'm sorry. Uh, I am, I I apologize (laughs) right off the bat. Like I was watching this thing and I was trying to, Oh, by the way. So this movie is about an hour and a half, right? Yes. We're talking about the Disney film flight of the navigator, 1986, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Cliff D. Young, uh, uh, Veronica Cartwright, the most annoying kid on the planet, and the voice I, of Pee Wee right. Herman. I'm. There's only one way to put this. It took me like four hours to watch this <laughs> piece of shit because I kept fucking falling asleep. I like the first twenty minutes took me approximately an hour and a half. I'm not even joking. Jenna, like oh. Jenna, went to bed, and and she yeah. she's like, "When did you come to bed? Did you finish it?" I was like, "Yes," <laughs> but it took many tries. Um, I real like as I was watching it, and trying to figure out what I was going to say about it, it occurred to me what this movie is, and how this movie came into existence, and I think I've got it figured out. Ready? Here's what happened. Hit me, hit me with the knowledge. A couple of guys at Disney were at the water cooler or the coffee maker or whatever. And one of them said, what'd you do this weekend? And the guy goes, nothing. And the other guy goes, what'd you do this weekend? Goes, well, I watched this movie, uh, Close Encounters. With the, uh, have, you, have you heard of Close Encounters? He said, yeah, it's a classic. He said, I, I really enjoyed it, but I, it was too intense for my kids. I couldn't watch it with my kids. And getting a babysitter sucks. What if we tried to do a Close Encounters for kids? That, like, that's okay for kids. And the other guy said, you know what my kids love? Pee-wee's Playhouse. And then the other guy said, you know what my kids love? Fucking Knight Rider. He said, what if we take those three things and we put them all together and take out any anything good about them and make them all worse? 
Bart, I think you are startlingly accurate there. This is the worst one we've done yet, right? Oh, I mean, it is. Yeah, without question. No, this is terrible. Um, this is a this is one of those movies that goes to prove that like nine year olds have no taste because I watched this movie. Did you have you never seen this movie before ever? Never. I watched this movie a lot as a kid. Um, and again, I did not own this movie, so I don't know why I watched this movie, like how I watched it a lot as a kid. I think it must have been something we rented from the video store a bunch, or, uh, you know, I don't think it was on, maybe it was on the Disney Channel when we were younger, I, maybe, or or a, or a friend of mine owned it. One of those three things are the only plausible explanations. But I watched this what movie if, a ton as you, a kid. What if you made your parents rent it many times? It's possible. It's very, very possible. In which case, mom and dad, I'm very sorry. What should we get, Mike? Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's give a for. Let's just give a quick, a quick blow by blow outline of what this movie is. Uh, Sucks. Discount rack. Henry Thomas is a kid who he he falls down a ravine one night and uh, then he wakes up. And eight years have passed, and he's the same age, and he's been missing for eight years, and no one can explain it. Um, and it turns out the reason he was missing is because he was abducted by aliens. But not really. He was abducted by a UFO that didn't have any aliens by in it. The, by the ship yeah, itself. By the ship itself, so that he could they could experiment on him. So the so the the kid is uh, he gets taken taken by NASA. They're not kidnapped by NASA, but he goes to NASA so they can study his brain and figure out uh, how he's connected to the to the ship because they have the ship and they can't figure out how to make the ship work. So they take the kid and they run experiments on him, and then the kid and the ship escape and go on a merry chase. The end. Kinda. Yeah. They just fly around. They don't do anything. That's the thing. So I they they just <sighs> fly around getting seen. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So, like, here's the thing that's actually frustrating about this is that there are elements that work that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Too bad they've decided to ignore it so that they can do dumb shit instead. Like, the one thing this movie has going for it is... Oh, tell me, please. Is the spaceship. The spaceship is cool. It looks like a walnut, but other than that, it, like, the, the spaceship, once he gets into the spaceship, everything gets better. Like exponentially, um, but only for like ten minutes because yeah. because once he gets into the spaceship, then they just start flying around aimlessly. So it's like the, he, that kid needed to get into the spaceship within the first like forty five minutes of the movie, and then he needed to spend like an hour hanging out in that spaceship and like zipping around and doing cool shit, as opposed to just wandering the Earth aimlessly. Like he just takes off in the opposite direction, there, and rather than turn around, he circles the globe and gets yeah, lost. There is there is no dramatic tension of no. any kind. It is just boring. No, not at all. But the the spaceship design is cool. Um, I love when it goes into super pursuit mode and it gets all stretchy <laughs> and aerodynamical. Looks, looks, honestly, I think it, it looks much better when it's in super pursuit mode. I don't yeah. totally understand why it <laughs> isn't like that all the time. All the time, yeah. Or why it needs to. Or why it needs to change <laughs> its capabilities don't seem like i don't i don't get it yeah things come out of the floor and then it gets all elongated and uh, and then it zips around super fast uh 
but Which but yeah, like that, that doing when it was a, when it was just a walnut. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it is I a tin. The ship is designed as a tinfoil walnut, um, and the inside is yeah. just all chrome. It's just chrome, chrome, chrome. Literally like floor to ceiling, just covered in chrome. Which must have been fun to shoot in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, I don't, I don't it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, good. Is that the word? Good. Yeah. It's not good. You want to talk about his great escape from the NASA room in the in the in the vending machine on wheels? Bart was Barf? <laughs> the, no, Garf. Ralph. Fuck was Ralph. Barf, Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. It's the same fucking thing. What does it mean? I Ralphed. Like there you go. It's good. It was a like great that. escape. It actually coming eighteen. It reminded oh. me now of uh, uh, I watched. I don't know if you ever watched the Americans, but the Americans uh, also made use of a. Uh, 80s mail delivery robot um, that was like a major plot point for a while is that like the the FBI had like a little robot that zipped around the office and delivered mail and they like the KGB like planted a bug in the robot and shit it was great <laughs> yeah I mean I saw that thing and I was like okay so Sarah Jessica Parker for some reason is babysitting this autonomous robot that's big enough just big enough for him to get into and escape in yeah which he did three four hours later the sarah jessica parker thing which i guess is worth talking about you get a little bit of the yeah uh, she's great she's delightful queen amadala thing yeah but every time they try to pair a a, like 12 year old boy with a like 16 year old girl i'm like i get that in the grand scheme of things all right but also Yes, it's very uncomfortable, and, and there's that also, one. Like, why are like, you in this? Is, is at the end of is that this your first scene, movie? Why are you here? Where she meets him at the end of that scene, where she meets him, like she says, like, "Yeah, you're pretty cute," or whatever, and then walks away, and he's just giving her like, like crazy fuck me eyes. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's horrible. <laughs> he's like he's staring at her like a piece of meat. It's awful. Yeah, no, it was very unpleasant. No, it's I was also 12. like, what is? Well, also. At no point did the food delivery robot deliver food to anybody. <laughs> and, and and the only way, like, it requires Sarah Jessica Parker to go with it. So why doesn't she just have a cart? Deliver the food herself? Yeah. No, dumb. dumb. Thanks, NASA. Those are my tax dollars. Because it's the 80s and robots. That's why. Uh, sure. Sure. Um, no, Sarah okay. Jessica Parker is one of the few bright spots in this movie. She is uh, delightful. Um, I feel like this is probably the first thing I ever saw her in. Um, She's a human and... actor. Yeah, exactly. Um, she uh, somebody asked her about this in like an interview or Q and A or something a couple of years back. I read a transcript of, and she was like, yeah. "They're like, oh, what drew you to the project?" And she was like, "It drew me to the project. It was a job. Like, I don't remember anything about yeah. it. I shot it for a couple of days. I got paid. <laughs> it was great. Whatever. It was fun. I don't care." <laughs> Which is the appropriate takeaway from this movie. I think a lot of what hampers this movie is the kid. Um, the kid is really bad. He's like a blank slate. Like I, I think he was cast solely because he looks like the kid from E.T. Like he just he looks I like mean, Henry Thomas, and that's the only reason he's in this movie. The the best thing I can say about this kid is that he learned to read at some point, and so when they handed him a script, he was able to read it. <laughs> the the end. Yeah. Like, like this is a movie that he lives. Never, nobody ever taught him to act. So no, like no, 
No, he's so I awkward. Mean, not that he had that much to work with, if we're honest. But no, I mean, look, the script um, itself is super flawed. Like I said, I like there there are elements that I like. Um, you know, I think the 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 time jump bit is cool. Um, and I think yeah, it's, that's interesting. I think, and I think putting a kid in that situation yeah. is very cool. Like, yeah, because it's you know they're super ill-equipped to handle like even just the simplicity of like I went back to my house and my parents aren't here anymore and there's other other people living in my house. Like, it's like the Marty McFly that moment, but way more vulnerable. You know? Yeah. Right, because he's young. Yeah. Um, I thought I liked when they when they had his brain hooked up to the thing. Yeah. And it was like he 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 says his response and the screen says something else that was kind of interesting and then it stops. Um, yeah, I don't know why they have thirty CRT monitors that all say the same thing. Read like... the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's got to uh, be able to see, man. Yeah, exactly. It's a monitor for everybody in the room, uh, all on one wall. Um, but yeah, like that bit. Yeah. That bit is cool, and I actually I kind of like NASA as the villains because that's not something you see very often. You know, NASA's generally a pretty positive agency. Like, so it's, to see them as sort of the boogeymen. They weren't even villainous though. It was just one doctor who yeah. had a bunch of like. Okay, so here's the thing that I took took from the whole NASA thing. You know how actually there probably still are, but you know when you go to like a strip mall. Sometimes they have security guards. It's always like some generic name. It's like protecting you security services or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a regular car, but they've made a sign that's magnetic and they stick it on their regular car. Mm-hmm. That's what this NASA was. It was this. <laughs> we made this magnetic sign that says NASA on it and we put it on this door. And after that shot, we took the same sign and we stuck it on this car. And yeah. after that shot, we took it from that and we stuck it on another door. And that's NASA. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a NASA facility. Like they're they're in Florida, and it's just like an airplane hangar. Like it's it feels like not a very impressive facility for NASA, you know. But yeah, and how, like how I do say I think I think Howard Hessman is great because he's not like he's not your villain might be a strong word, um, maybe just antagonist because he's not like evil. He's not like trying to, you know. He kind of doesn't give a shit about the kid. He's like, oh, I'll just keep the kid, you know, as long as I feel like so that I can, like, figure out the spaceship. But it's more out of, like, he just doesn't care about the kid than, like, he wants to do the kid harm. So he's more just, like, a government stooge, you know? He's just sort of, like, slimy and doesn't give a shit, you know? Yeah, you know what I really believed? That that kid was going to be there for 48 (laughs) hours. I was like, like, oh, yes, this is a promise that will be kept. (laughs) (laughs) Just... That sounds right. What'd you think of the uh, the older version of the brother with the with the little rat tail, with the little rat tail and the glasses? Um, I thought I thought that oh, yeah. kid was okay. I thought he was like that look is so like weird. It's like it, it's not. It's a hold it's on. A, the kid version that, or the older version with the fire? Oh no no. The kid version is the kid version looks like a mutant. The older version, uh, you know, he seems like a <laughs> decent kid, which I actually like. And again, like I kind of like that like changeover where it's like you know he, he so the kid goes eight years in the future and his brother his younger brother is now older than him but like on it's not just that his younger brother is now older than him his younger brother was like this annoying piece of shit and now he's like this very decent like mature person and you're like oh yeah it's like he you're seeing like that's gonna be so disorienting as well to be like oh you're like seeing yeah. what your younger sibling grows up to become essentially you know I mean, I feel like that'll happen if you, you know, lose a sibling, perhaps. 
That's yeah. one way it could go. Yeah. Again. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, and the, the parents, like, and I'll, let's just start by saying, the, I love both of those actors, Clifty Young and Veronica Cartwright. Like, those, are, those guys are legit. They are slumming it in this movie, but... They are um, worthless in this movie. Well, can we talk about when they when they first show up after the time jump and like they look like they're fucking junkies? Like like all their hair is gross and thinning and they've got like weird like black crooked teeth and shit. Like like they look I mean, yeah, it's you know, losing a kid gone for 8 years, they assume dead. Like that's emotionally harrowing, but they look like they have gone over the edge. I was okay with that. I bought that. <laughs> That was fine with me. I mean, if you choose to live in Florida to begin with, like, yeah, they look like so they, that they, kid died and they, they turned to meth. Time. That's what that. That's what that's yep. what that looked like. Yep. I feel like and that's the, the brother, unspoken subplot. Is the brother that the was just holding their meth yeah. addicts. <laughs> and the brother was just holding the family together. He's got a part-time <laughs> yeah, job. Exactly. That's why he's so mature. Wait, why the fuck didn't we watch that movie? That movie would be so much better. <laughs> I know. Not really kid-friendly. No, I would love I would love that to see the parents are all fucking strung out. Like that shit would be great. <laughs> I will say I liked the I well, I didn't like. It. I I appreciate the what they're going for uh, in that moment of the time jump. Um mm-hmm. where they're like they're not telegraphing it, you know? Like he falls in the ravine and then he just like wakes up and he goes to the house and like you don't it's not like oh there were flashing lights and a weird sound effect yeah. and it's like oh something weird happened no, it's like just... it's just sort of like he was there and then he wakes up and then he goes home and then like oh what the fuck you know like that's a cool approach yeah. to take in that moment but the actual yeah. moment is like not well done it's like there's like a weird jump cut where it's like he's lying in the ravine and there's like a train going by and and then it just like jump cuts to the train's not happening anymore and he's still lying there like it, and it's like the, but it's like the same shot from like 2 feet to the left like it just needed like a yeah. like a close up like cut to a close up or something you know it just it's like visually it was yeah. so jarring i i like i'm not even sure that we should nitpick it i mean it's not nits it just sucks <laughs> like <laughs> that's fair um, what are we? What are we going to talk about? The acting was bad. The script was bad. The effects were bad. The timing—it's really long. Yeah, it, for ninety minutes, it feels like it's about three hours. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about Max in the spaceship. Okay, they got the eyeball from Return of the Jedi that's in the door. Yep, right. <laughs> Jabba's palace, and just made a movie about that, but they gave it Pee Wee Herman's voice. Who literally, literally, it's Paul Rubens does the voice of Max, which is like. I don't think he's supposed to be an alien. I think he is the ship. I, I feel like he is just like the ship's computer. Is it actually Paul Rubens? It is Paul Rubens. He's not credited, though. The impression that I got was that, and I, I looked up the timing. So Pee-wee's Playhouse also debuted at the same year as this thing. But that's a, like, I thought it was like a bad continuity error. Because in real life, Pee-wee's Playhouse came out the same year as this movie. But the kid is from 1978, when there was no Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's and true. And so I thought it was just a cash grab, and they didn't even get Paul Rubens. I thought they got some guy to do a Paul Rubens impression. That would and be I reasonable. That would be a reasonable assumption. Uh, in actuality, Paul Rubens, in a very wise career move, uh, decided to go uncredited in this movie. And when I say uncredited, what I mean is, in the closing credits... His name is listed as Paul Mall. 
And in the opening credits, oh. he, even his pseudonym does not appear in the opening credits. But in the closing credits, he's listed as Paul Mall because he was like, "Yeah, I'll take a paycheck and you know spend two days in an ADR booth voicing this fucking robot voice." But like, I don't want my name anywhere near this goddamn thing. Good choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he made some bad choices later. Yeah. Uh, worth noting, the uh, Randall Kleiser is the guy who directed this movie. Um, he is known for also having directed. Uh, he, well, the big thing is Grease. He directed the Grease movie with Travolta. Um, what? Yes. Yes, he did. He directed Grease. I'm, I don't even know what to do with that information. I know, right? Yes. It's fucking bonkers. I blew my mind when I saw that. Um, he also Jesus. directed uh, uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Um, and, uh, and Is he, that the third or the fourth one? That's, no, that's the second one. The one with the giant child who like stomps through Las Vegas. Um, I haven't seen... You know what? Those might be ones to add to this. I haven't seen those in since. I want to watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. That's on my list because that's a movie I watched a ton as a kid. And I feel like the first one probably holds up pretty well. I bet. I bet the later ones just don't. Yeah. At all. Like, at all. But this, guy, this guy's got, like, anyway. actually a pretty good, like, filmography. He directed Blue Lagoon. He directed Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, he directed White Fang. Like, this guy fucking worked for a while. So what you're telling me is, in 1986 when this movie came out, what's his name? Randall Kleiser. Director. So what you're telling me is, in 1986 when this movie came out, Randall Kleiser, the director, had a meth problem. He needed <laughs> some money, and he decided to make this. So yeah, I love the ship design. Um, uh... Do you though? It's kind of weird. It's weird. You know, you know what it reminded me of a little bit, apart from a chrome walnut? It reminded me of the antagonist from Godzilla 2000. Hmm. Oh, I haven't seen that one in a while. Do you remember that movie? I don't. So, Godzilla 2000 came out in 1999, and which was less than a year after the TriStar Godzilla. Yeah. And, and basically, the premise is there is a chrome spaceship that's flying around for a while, mm. and, uh, and it like in bad CG it morphs into like a weird tentacle monster octopus thing tripod whatever which eats Godzilla a little bit and then becomes a bigger Godzilla than Godzilla it's called Orga is the name of the, the interesting thing, if I'm not mistaken but it spends most of the movie flying around as a big chrome walnut with it with a torpedo launcher on one side um, anyway so that's what it reminded me of many years so prior. This movie came Equally out... bad CG, though. Well, I was going to say, so speaking of the CG, this movie uh, actually used some very early CG. It's one of the earlier, like, sort of CG um, movies or movies to use CG. Um, particularly when, like, the ship is flying around, it used, uh, like, some uh, computer animation to do the, like, the reflections like the reflective capability the reflections on the thing. look really bad. Yeah. Well, it's very early. Um, also the, like the liquid metal effect from the stairs coming down. Sure. Um, and this is, you know, so that this, wasn't so bad. It's about five years before, uh, it's five years before T2, before the T1000, where it's just like, really, you know, that's the gold standard. I feel like it's still the gold standard to, them, <laughs> to be honest with you. They should have stuck with models. Yeah. This. this was, this was a mistake. Well, Disney didn't actually make this movie. This was actually produced by, um, uh, it was like, 
these foreign filmmakers actually it was like a because you look at i forget i meant to write it down and i forgot but it's literally it says the production company at the beginning and it's like the film production company is like the name of the company it is this like bizarrely cool. generic name um and i think they were based Did out Lee of Bowl have an internship there yeah <laughs> they're, they're based out of like norway or iceland or something like that um and so uh and then disney basically just like bought it like bought the rights to it and and distributed it essentially do you remember mill and colin yeah i do remember mill and colin they don't speak English, right? They just their songs are in English. Their songs are in English. I, I think that's right. I think that might be correct. And so all their intonation is kind of off. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this. That's what the kid in this movie. That's what the kid is like in this movie. It's like he doesn't know what he's saying. He's just pr- making making sounds. That's his his emotional. That's his um, his emotional read. He could speak his, the words. He has but the he emotional range quite... of someone who doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> he's an emotional Millen Colin. <laughs> oh, that's. I mean, Milton pretty emotional to begin with. Yeah. But. Um, so the kid gets in the ship, and he's trying to get home to his parents in Fort Lauderdale. And then he which gets is, home, which is like, like, nah. Like, well, no, but here's the thing. No, no, no. But before that, he's trying to get back to his parents' house, which is, you know, what, a couple hours away, maybe? Like, he drove there. You know, like, he's in the state yeah. of Florida. Yeah. He's in the state of Florida, and yes. he's trying to get somewhere else in the state of Florida he gets in the ship, and the ship's like, I know where to go. And he takes him to fucking Tokyo, which is, you know, many hours in the opposite direction. You're 20 miles from home. How the fuck did you end up in Tokyo? Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> let's also talk about he gets to Tokyo, and the ship comes into Tokyo and hovers over some presumably locals. They're tourists. Six, six they're, Asian they're, people. They're Japanese and then takes off at and home. I know. All of, all of the Asian people have uh. cameras. The ship flies away and they all have cameras and they all start flashing away. Yeah. Like no, it's a, it's the Asian, it's the home. Asian tourist stereotype, except they're presumably at home. So like, what the fuck are they doing? Why do they all have cameras on them in 1986? <sighs> Because everything is terrible. Everything is terrible. Um, everything is terrible. Uh, there's also the, there's also the really terrible uh, ET joke <sighs> at the gas station when the kid like stops to make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, that didn't play well. That whole scene is like, like I wanted that scene to be like, like awkwardly terror, like terribly great, but it's just. The whole thing is just it's flat. It's just terrible. Yeah. That, should, that scene should not have existed. And also, he gets the change and then makes a collect call. <laughs> and, and, and he's a navigator and he can't figure out his way where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And neither can this ship, which has already scanned his brain and can literally fly itself across galaxies. Yeah, but it can't figure out... How to get to Fort Lauderdale from Miami. can't figure out how to get to the fucking Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) And so he gets a a fucking highway map and they just fly along the highway. Yeah. (laughs) In a spaceship. Like, what the fuck? The turnpike would have been faster. What the fuck? The movie's called Flight of the Navigator and half the movie is them just being lost and not knowing where the fuck they are and getting there by chance. And also, his idiot brother. (laughs) (sighs) I'll just launch these fireworks. Surely you'll be able to see these fireworks that I'm setting off from the roof of my house. Or 
tell me the address. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, exactly. You were on the phone. Why didn't you just tell him where the fucking address was? You're telling me that ship doesn't have the equivalent of Google Maps? What the fuck? I hate. I hate. <laughs> all my programs do. I hate. Oh my god, so bad. Here's one thing I did enjoy, though. Uh, on the ship um, is the little uh, menagerie of weird Muppet aliens. Okay, that was the fourth movie that the, was was <laughs> Yes, yes, it digs a little detour into I don't even yeah some sort of weird black crystal labyrinth spinoff. Um, right, which but I love... would have been okay too. But they none of that shit serves a purpose of any kind. No, none of it. No, no, not at all. Um, but, but also, I'm... are you trying to suggest to me that the ship can hijack all of those little critters from their timelines, and they can get back to the timeline safely, but the human, who is arguably hella more developed, yeah. will just have his brain fried? Mm-hmm. And then in the end, they're just like, eh, fuck it, do it anyway. You know what? That would have been a better ending to this movie if, oh no, he just dies. <laughs> the end. If they find him and his brain is leaking out his ears in the ravine. That's right. I mean, like, he's just in the ravine, like the ship, brought him back to his timeline, cooked his brain, and just dumped him in the ravine and flew away. That would have been better. Yeah, I'm, I'm very shaky on, like, what the mission of this ship is and like what like i feel like the phalons are not benevolent you know like they just what they just kidnapped this kid just to see if they could upload maps to his brain and then when it didn't work they were just like ah fuck it drop him who cares i'm going to tell you a secret about this movie another realization (laughs) that i've just had the phalons are the martians from mars attacks who like to take the heads off of Pierce Brosnan and Sarah Jessica Parker and swap them for no fuck reason. They sent this walnut out into space to find out more information about the galaxy, otherwise known as, for some reason, kidnap a bunch of critters and then bring them back. Alright, I have I have a, a couple of questions for you. First of all, uh, the, yeah, kid takes the, little ti- the kid takes the little tiny critter with him at the end. Yeah. Uh, he's got him in the did backpack. Did he take the critter, or did the critter stow away? Uh, fair question. Could be either way. I feel like the kid took him. Here's the thing. I remember coming to visit you in New Zealand and going through customs and being like, do you have any cereal? Do you have any fruits? <laughs> no, but I have this strange alien critter. Good luck to your biodiversity. That was literally an alien invasion. That's what yeah. that was. What happens after this movie? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, what happens to that critter later? Like, at what point, surely at some point, the parents are going to find the fucking thing. Like, what is your explanation? Because nobody, nobody knows. Like, he's, he comes back to where he was, where he was taken from, and no one ever knows he was ever gone. So it's like, the whole adventure basically is like a thing that only he knows about. No one would ever fucking believe him, except now he's got this weird little alien creature, and like... I feel like that, like, you know, a week later, that mom finds that thing crawling around his room and, like, fucking steps on it and kills it immediately. <laughs> or weird, what's-his-name from NASA gets wind of it, and then everything starts over again. I, I was half expecting Sarah Jessica Parker to appear on that ship and be like, I stowed away, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was going to be my other question is, uh, do you think that kid, like, cut to eight years later, that kid totally tries to track down Sarah Jessica Parker, right? 100%, because they'd be the same goddamn age. 
They're both like 20. So yeah. Now, now he's a stalker with a Sumatran rat monkey in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you know me, kid? Yeah. What the fuck? It's like, it's a little, it's a little gross. And she's 12. And so her parents are like, how does this kid know my daughter? And they take out a restraining order, but he's persistent, but also kind of wooden. So he's he's got that like serial killer <laughs> thing. And her parents turn to meth. I, I, I don't know. I just see everything <laughs> becoming meth somehow. I wish there was a version of this movie where the kid gets to the ship and then they, they, they go like zipping around the galaxy. And he like, you know, encounters fucking aliens. And like he has to actually navigate the ship home and like fix the ship as, you know, as opposed to just like wandering aimlessly around the interstate. <laughs> that movie exists. It's called Hitchhiker's Guide. That is fair. That movie's moderately okay. You want to know what happened to that ship? One of the models of that ship, like the actual, you know, exterior of the ship ship, uh, ended up uh, on the roof of a concession stand in Tomorrowland. Oh, really? Which I've yeah. never, I've still never seen. Um, oh, no, no. No, no. Not the movie. The theme park. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you go to Disney, it's just, now it's a concession stand. <laughs> It's just sitting on top of a concession stand. I mean... If you want a giant turkey leg while standing outside Space Mountain, uh, <laughs> you could go to, to the Flight of to the, the Navigator Ra- ship. Go, go to the Ralph stand, everybody. <laughs> I, let's never watch this again. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. You know, when I, when I think back on, like, my memories of it, really all I remember are the ship design really well, um... And I remember the the weird Muppet aliens. And I remember Sarah Jessica Parker. And I also remember, weirdly, the, the scene where he first shows up at NASA. And uh, they, like, show him into this room. And it's just, like, a room full of, like, toys. Like, they just cleared out a shelf at Toys R Us and, like, dumped it into this room. And they're like, here's all your shit. And I remember being I'm... like, that's so cool. I want a room full of toys. I don't think he played with any of them, though. No, you never see them ever again. You do see the kid randomly shirtless for no goddamn reason, which is also super creepy. Yeah, I don't know why that... Why is that boy not wearing clothing? Who made that decision? He was sleeping. His meth parents told him he didn't have to sleep. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I'm multitasking right now. I'm looking at our list of movies to see what next week should be because it's my turn. You're cut off. (laughs) It is. No, no, no. That's fair. Uh, I I take full responsibility for this <laughs> big flaming pile of garbage. This was, um, this was this was not good. Uh, with a capital N N G capital not capital good. Next week, we are going to watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Ooh, not excellent adventure. Bogus Journey, the second one. That's what we're going to watch. I support this decision. I thought you might. Haven't watched that one in a while, but uh, I feel like it might be the better movie i could be that's like that's like a heretical statement but i feel like it's certainly the weirder movie and i feel like i might like it more so for me of the two of them that's the one that i own i own bogus journey i do not (laughs) you only own bogus journey (laughs) i only i only own bogus journey um because station's in it and i remember it being more fun than the first one because of its weirdness it might hold up. I honestly don't know. I know that it holds up better than Flight of the Navigator. 
So well, this that's is a, a bar very where, low bar, bar to trip over. So that's <laughs> that's where we're at right now. I mean, you got anything else that you want to say about this thing? I feel like we've <sighs> no. Well, I got nothing. No, this will be a, this, else for this. This will be a short <laughs> week and uh, and good good riddance to bad eighties garbage. Yeah. I'm going to use the remaining six days of my Disney Plus free subscription to watch all the episodes of The Mandalorian, which I haven't seen. So, Oh, you should do that. That's worth your time. I've seen the, fir- I've um, seen the first two episodes of That's It. Um, yeah. I was kind of waiting to pay a little money to Disney Plus until more things were on it that were new. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to do this week-long subscription that's free, watch The Mandalorian, cut my losses, and then return later. It's the same way I'm going to do CBS All Access in the future. Is I'm going to wait for yeah. whole seasons of things pay one month and watch everything yeah that's fair well, i've been watching clone wars and uh, i just finished it after which i in a moment of self-flagellation uh, decided i should rewatch the prequels oh dear god almighty yeah i went on a little i went on a little twitter thread last night but long story short uh the prequels are just kind of boring um yeah like they're not yeah, they they're are. not actually as like actively terrible as i remember them being i mean the second one is full of non like garbage um but you know what i've decided is i can see what lucas is going for like i can see the story he had in mind it's buried in there under a culture of excess oh yeah no one thousand percent um like this is what happens when no one says no to a man and he could just do whatever the fuck he wants and with unlimited resources you know um yes and like there's there's a version of that story that could that works and would be interesting. Um, it's just not these movies, you know. Yeah, no, the, um, the version of it that's interesting is the supercut that you sent me, where all the prequels yeah, are done the, inside of like an hour. Yeah, it's pretty good. That supercut's actually pretty good because I actually think when you like step back and you think about it, um, you know, the emperor's like scheme of like I'm just lo- this lowly senator. Um, mm-hmm. Like this, this rando senator who, you know, secretly becomes a Sith Lord and then spends years manipulating the government to instigate a war when which which he is like secretly controlling one side of Both so that he can undermine the, the government that he's a part of, make himself the head of that government and then use that enemy to like secure his own position while also destroying that enemy in the end and obliterating the Jedi like like it's actually a very like intelligent and cool scheme yeah it's buried in a terrible couple of movies yeah well and it's and and I also think there's something interesting about like seeing sort of like you can see why the Jedi suck in in the prequels, you know. Like like they are sort of at their sort of their most conceited. Like they can't possibly conceive of yeah. that the Sith are still around or that Dooku could kill someone because he used to be a Jedi. Like they're so bloated and like out yeah. of touch with reality um, that it's like, yeah, no, I actually think that that's like that story could be interesting. Um, I mean, obviously Hayden Christensen is terrible, and he hobbles the entire trilogy to like is a startling he, degree. Was he the kid from what's the name of that movie? Um, Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> uh, no, uh, could have been, could have been it's the same emotional range. Um, I will say the thing that blew me, that startled me the most on watch this 
rewatch is that the CG is terrible. The CG oh, has not think? aged well at all. No, sir. I mean, it was never all that good, but like it really stands out now in a way that I did not anticipate it being. Like it feels like like almost on par with like Mummy Returns, Polygonal Scorpion Rock. Like it's a little it's like, better. Ooh. Than that. No, it's, it's like it's better, but it does. It, but it has that same like it all has that like weightlessness Valley. to it, you know. Yeah, like the yeah. design is better, but it's just like it never. I never believe that any of the CG characters are actual beings in a room with a human, you know? Right, right, yeah. Um, I, and I'd also just rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and, like, Gollum, I mean, like, he, you know, he feels like a person in the room with them most of the time, you know? Yeah, And yeah. Star Wars never pulls that off. I'm still kind of in a Star Wars hangover. Hmm. Um, episode 9 took a lot out of me. That was a... That was a hot, steaming pile of shit. Yeah. I'm not ready for more Star Wars. Um, Mandalorian, I'll... Well, Mandalorian feels like a palate cleanser because it's so different. It's basically just a Western set in the Star Wars universe, you know? Um, Oh, oh, speaking of which, did I tell you I watched Solo? I actually got through it. Ooh. I think that movie is uh, underrated. I think that movie is better than people give it credit for. I think it is a a little bit better than people give not a lot better but a little bit better than people give it credit for it yeah. it's dark it's so like literally dark yeah um, it's just like I can't see what's happening most of the time and I'm like, I don't know why am I watching this it's boring and I don't care about the dice and it picks up and gets better and it, it was okay I don't know I don't know that I need to watch it ever again in the same way that I don't need to watch Rogue One again despite the fact that I bought it oh see I really like Rogue One like I, I will watch that movie like anytime I've only watched the once. You should give that one another look. I really I, like Rogue I will. One. Rogue One falls very high on my Star Wars rankings. I, I'm prepared to do that again, but I remember it really being a downer. And Oh, yeah. No, it's not a happy movie at all. It's depressing that, as fuck, but right, I think it's really thing. well it's like, executed. When I watch Star Wars, I don't really want a downer. I mean, even if it, even if it ends on a, a, like, on a sad note, and there are any number of Star Wars, like, the, the oh, Skywalker yeah. Empire saga, ends on a do. bad note. Yeah, right. But 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 it's but as you're watching it, it's still fun. Yes, that's and true. I feel like Rogue One wasn't fun while it was happening. It's not bad. Mm. I think it's a perfectly fine yeah. movie, but it's not enjoyable in the same way. It's kind of dour. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It's it's a little it's a little dark and dour. I'll I'll, give, I'll grant you that. But I I, I like it. Um, in rewatching the prequels, I realized that you know that when you compare it to the sequel trilogy, Force Awakens is like fun but kind of flimsy, and Last Jedi, I fucking adore the Last Jedi. Rise of Skywalker makes no goddamn sense. Like that movie is an incoherent mess from start to finish. So yes. like in in that way, it almost like it actually made me appreciate the prequels for being like at least it's of a thing. Yeah, there's there's a story here that I can follow, and like you know decisions are made for reasons. It might not work most of the time. Like the moments don't land the way that they should, but I at least understand like why things are happening and like the logic tracks out. Whereas Rise of Skywalker is just like. I don't know, then they go over here, and then fucking this shit happens, I guess, and then they chase this box around, and and, and now they're, they're the Emperor's still alive for reasons, and well, there are a million Star Destroyers, and okay. I mean, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the, the prequel trilogy is 
it's one voice and it's the voice of a fat man with a complex and a lot of money whereas the sequel trilogy is just a committee at a mega corporation it's such a mess Um, and then the middle ones are good at the end they're just good (laughs) Um, I must tell you like uh, Jenna and I have had the, the discussion a number of times about like if and when you know we have kids what order do we have mm. our kids watch them in? Jamie and I have had this discussion hold on, as well. Hold this on. is a this is she's, a she, vital nerd discussion. It it is, and she's China's right there in saying it's not a discussion. And <laughs> this is an obvious answer. It's just not <laughs> she, the answer is we we show them four, five, six, the end. <laughs> That's it. And then when they're adults, after they've like been of a mind to choose their own religion and like their own extracurricular activities and what have you then if they feel like they have a psychological need to know what other star wars is out there they're free to explore that but it ain't gonna be our fault the only hitch in that plan uh is kids become aware of this stuff because it's like oh my friend had a you know has like a clone wars backpack or like a you know this thing t-shirt or whatever you know like they get they become aware of stuff through like the merch and the ancillary stuff first so i feel like I it becomes har- because there's so much animated star wars content i feel like it's harder to keep that stuff away from kids at this point you know what i mean they'll be aware that there's more star wars but it ain't going to be my problem <laughs> like i'm not going to force hayden christensen or that piece of shit episode 9 on them i'm not doing it like sorry this is, I feel yeah. like it's a violation of a duty as a father <laughs> to be like, here's Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, everybody, you know, just take some time, man. Watch a terrible movie. Maybe not Flight of the Navigator, but watch something that'll just let you unplug for a little while. Um, that's, that's the best advice I have right now. But in the meantime, stay healthy, stay safe, stay the fuck at home. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Now he's a stalker with a Sumatran rat monkey in a bag.